MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He barely talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid. He's Polish weird guy. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it. it nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. Right? So you're blaming the drunkard? Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Drink a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. Ah, it is Tuesday, February 25th, 2014. I am your host. Apparently the undisputed king of blackout drunk radio, so says P-Rock from the Red Show, Wednesdays 9 to 11. Uh, let's see, what do I got here? Uh, this is what P-Rock said. Uh... <laughs> no, 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 Atticus, Atticus took my crown, bro. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he did a, uh, you know, his normal show, but he, uh, he he got it on with some shots and some whatever else, man. And oh, I, heard I, I didn't catch the last 20 minutes or half hour or whatever it was, but apparently it was uh, very P-Rockian. And until until I have one of those days, which is it'll happen one day, uh, he's got the crown and he deserves it, and I don't want it. <laughs> so beat that fuckers! The gauntlet has been thrown. Um, yeah, Red Sox in the chat wants me to get drunk. He wants racist Kev tonight. I don't know if I'm going that far because I'm drinking to loosen myself up. Because after the show, I got to change a tire in my wife's car. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if I can get uh, blackout drunk tonight, but I'm already on my second beer, which is a change from recent weeks because, uh, I don't know, most, with the exception of the vodka show, it was kind of sticking to maybe two beers a show. So I'm, I'm hoping to hit at least four tonight. And speaking of the chat room, if you are not in the chat room but you're listening live, you should be in the chat room, more like radio.com slash live. Join the chat room, uh, change your username, all that wonderful stuff in there. So, I did not buy shit this weekend. I think I had maybe three beers. Uh, what did I have? I had two of my homebrew ones, the the Mr. Beer Winter Ale. And and that actually, it, still, it turned out really good. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And then I had the, uh, what was it? Chocolate Sombrero from Clown Shoes Brewing. And that was delicious. I had that... Uh, first taste of that at the Big Brew Beer Festival in Morristown, New Jersey, the other weekend. And speaking of beer festivals, I actually bought tickets for the third annual Garden State Brew Fest in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. 
for those of you longtime listeners, you may remember that was actually the first beer fest I ever went to. The uh, the one last year, it I, I could almost say it got rained out, uh, almost more monsooned out. Maybe about halfway through the beer fest, it last I think it lasts about four hours or so. Halfway through, thunderstorm just ripped through the place. Thankfully, yeah, we were outside. We were all underneath a tent, and everybody was just kind of congregating and walking through the puddles. I, I, I think I remember seeing people... I'm, I'm trying to remember what some people did to, to keep their feet dry in the the wetness, because it got fucking muddy out there. I, I, I remember seeing some creative solutions. I just don't remember what the fuck they were now. But it, it, was, a, it was a good... Uh, good bonding experience with a bunch of drunks you know everybody raising their glasses for every bolt of lightning every thunderclap that that came out that day that that is uh i love the big brew beer fest in morristown but the garden state brew fest for what it is it's it's a much smaller uh festival outside underneath a tent it, as opposed to the the big uh big brew beer fest where you have uh, I'd have to guess maybe like 25 to 30 different breweries showing up at Garden State. I think you have maybe about a dozen or so, but you still have a lot of the, at least local for me, the local uh, heavy hitters for that. Uh, Carton Brewing, Cane Brewing, Weyerbacher. Uh, I, th- I think Sam Adams has a rep there. Doc's Draft Ciders are there. Uh, uh, Bolero Snort, a lot of a lot of the local Jersey breweries. They they bring it pretty good to that one, uh, and of course, you know, good food there. They got a, a stand that does a lot of really really delicious jerky. Uh, last time I was at this festival, they uh, had one stand making beer floats, and I remember I I got you know laughed at for that. I'm like, hey, you faggot beer floats. Uh, they were fucking delicious. It was it was like a vanilla bean or a coffee ice cream if I remember, and it was in a chocolate stout. Really good. If you like ice cream and you like beer, try it. I mean, it's it's no different than a root beer float, and you don't get called a faggot for eating a root beer float, so come on. But uh, I'm going to be uh, going to that. That is... I have to check my calendar. I think... Fuck. I don't remember the date for it. Uh, I want to say... April? May? Uh, nope. Uh, May 10th. May 10th. Garden State Brew Fest, 2 p.m. in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. If I have any local listeners that are interested in that, GardenStateBrewFest.com. Um, right now, pre-sale tickets, I believe, are 40 apiece. And I believe they are going to go up, I'm not sure, probably within the next month to 50 apiece. And then at the door, if you buy tickets at the door, it's 60 apiece. Designated driver's tickets are $10, which is nice because that way my wife can go. She doesn't drink anyway, but being pregnant, she's definitely not going to drink. But we, me and her dad need someone to drive our drunk asses home. So anybody that uh, wants to go to that, check it out, GardenStateBrewFest.com. Come up, say hi to me. You know what I look like. You've seen me on Facebook and Twitter and everything and Instagram and all the other shit. Uh, okay, this this was one of the best headlines I've ever seen, and honestly, I think it's worthy of a uh, a dumbass of the week for the Sully Show. For all I know, they may have actually done this. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think this is a relatively new headline, so they may not have. Um, let's see. From uh, uprocks.com, and I know I saw this on a bunch of different sites. 
drunk teen with flower pot over his head uses chainsaw to rob gas station, exposes butt during escape. Yes, that is the entire headline. And I'll post the uh, security image of this guy in the chat. Yes, he is trying to rob a store with a flower pot in his head and a chainsaw. Good God, I want to know what the hell he was drinking. Uh, Going further through this article here. It will be alleged the man who was wearing a flower pot over his head in an attempt to conceal his identity. Yes, he wasn't just wearing the flower pot as a fashion accessory. There's more photos here, too. Um, He he wanted to use it to conceal his identity and kind of going from from one of the pictures I'm seeing I I suppose that's you know possible um if you're in the chat if you look at the middle one of him with the chainsaw and the flower pot it kind of covers the first half of his head um this guy's a fucking moron anyway um entered the store about 4 30 a.m on Monday two staff members were cleaning a coffee machine wielding a chainsaw which was running at the time because that that is kind of important I suppose if you're going to try and rob a store, don't just walk in with the chainsaw not running because they're not going to think you mean business. And if it doesn't start and you're you know pulling pulling the, the starter on it, it doesn't start, you're just going to look silly. So, wielding a chainsaw, which was running at the time, the man lunged at the store attendants who retreated into a back room, which I say is probably smart. If I had a chainsaw coming at me, I would probably scream like a girl and run for the hills. Police allege the man then used the chainsaw to damage a window and several display racks in the shop. And if you got a chainsaw, might as well. Before exposing his buttocks to the store attendants, he is accused of damaging a parked vehicle upon fleeing the scene. A police officer en route to the station spotted him, sans chainsaw, walking down the street and promptly arrested him. Probably identified him by the flower pot. The chainsaw was later discovered in a bush near the station. Steel. And his name is, uh, let's see, uh, Stephen Frank Steele. Well, of course, got to get the middle name in there. Has been charged with one count of armed robbery, two counts of willful damage, one count of going armed to cause fear. I didn't realize that was a charge. One count of public nuisance and one count of possessing suspected stolen property. Now, is that the flower pot or the chainsaw? That is what I'm curious about. Or are they saying he actually managed to rob things from the place? Uh, this was in Queensland, Australia, so uh, yeah, more of the Aussies being... Uh, yeah, w- One of the comments uh, says basically, I-, I think it was said on Dutch and Royce or Hippo Juice one week, Australia is the Florida of continents. And that that is pretty much about right. Um, <laughs> Red Sox in the chat says, if someone pulls a chainsaw on me, I'm pulling my gun. It, it almost seems kind of like that. Um, the scene in uh, that... I can't remember which Indiana Jones movie that was. Was that um, Raiders, I think, possibly? Where the guy's doing the sword and everything around and, and he just shoots him. I think if somebody's waving a chainsaw, yeah, you got a gun, might as well. At least hit him in the kneecaps or something. Um, let's see here. Okay, more dumb drunk people. <laughs> this was another one that actually had me... Uh, huh, huh literally LOLing. I know it did. I actually, I actually did laugh when I read this one. Parrot rats out owner at DUI checkpoint. Uh, the code of DUI offender silence was violated in Mexico. So, uh, no, I'm not going to try an accent here. Well, not yet. Um, 
after police allegedly contacted a driver at checkpoint uh, at a checkpoint suspecting him of drunk driving as Guillermo Reyes stepped out of the car his parrot called out este borracho este borracho which is spanish for he's drunk he's drunk police at first believed the parrot's voice to be that of a passenger reportedly the parrot was correct as Guillermo was later arrested for DUI <laughs> how how pissed do you have to be at your parrot that he gives you up on a DUI? But, I don't know. What? Wait. What, who, who the fuck drives with a parrot anyway, though? That, that's probably a more important question. Uh, these were, uh, these next couple things, and these are just like the quickie things before I get into everything else. And I found a shitload of them this week. I don't know why. Um... These were actually some older articles that, surprisingly, I hadn't come across before. The second one was all over my news feeds this week. It's from an article from back in May, so I don't know why it was blowing up everywhere this week. But you guys know I'm I'm kind of all about the strange beers, going for the more different ingredients. I I had that uh, with the Ghostface Killer beer with all the chili peppers, so it was an especially hot beer. I had that um, seaweed beer at the beer fest the other weekend. Um, trying to think of any other stuff that, at least in terms of what I talk about on the show, what could still be classified as strange. This one kind of threw me off a little bit just because of the appearance because I didn't even think this was a beer. It's apparently matcha beer. Now, I have heard of matcha before, but I did not really remember what the hell it was. Matcha is apparently finely milled green tea, and you can probably guess this idea originated in Japan. So, um, let's see, uh, da, 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 da. this is from rocketnews24.com. Uh, we'd never heard of the surprisingly intuitive combination of beer and matcha. Now, I want to say that I've I've seen some beers that have tried to blend some of the traditional tea ingredients, you know, some some of the stuff, you know, and some of the flavors you get from them, uh, you know, orange peel, things like that. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on other tea-related ingredients aside from the leaves right now. Um, see, Red Sox wants me to do the Mexican accent. I, I'm not. I'm not good at a Mexican accent. I, I'm just not. <laughs> Um, if you want a Mexican accent, go for, well, I guess Kitty doesn't really do one either. Mm. Um, so the surprisingly intuitive combination of beer and matcha, looking back, it makes so much sense. Two complementary bitter flavors. Okay. Matcha is apparently a bitter tea combined to create an appealing. No, this is weird. Marbled green colored beverage. So let me post this image in the chat and you'll kind of see what I'm talking about. It, It just, it looks I don't know, it, it almost looks like one of those protein drinks. Uh, particularly with the head on top there. It It is very, very green. It's like, you know, your your front lawn green color. But this is a beer. Um, uh, the matcha even fluffs up the beer foam for a beverage with a rich, velvety head that borders on physically impossible to stop drinking. While this ingenious beer does come pre-bottled, yes, they. this is not just some kind of homebrew mix. They pre-bottle this. It's also deceptively simple to make at home, provided you have access to some decent matcha powder. Uh, you take half a teaspoon of the matcha powder dissolved in a half glass of warm water, 
fill the rest of the way with the beer and you've got your matcha beer cocktail kind of um See, some Japanese Twitter users are already uploading pictures of their homemade matcha beer creations, some of which have a mildly disturbing brownish-green hue indicating conservative use of matcha powder. Um, there's another one, uh, uh, another image here of the actual, like, bottled stuff that is sold in Japan. And it, I'm, I'm guessing this kind of stuff, you know, you're not going to see it in the States unless it's some really, you know, specialty shop kind of thing. Uh, that one I just posted in the chat. It's a six-pack of matcha beer from uh, the uh, Kinshachi Brewery in Nagoya, Japan. So, interesting thought. And then this is another one from Rocket News 24. And uh, I actually posted this in the Facebook group earlier in the week. Might have been over the weekend, actually. It is a blue beer. Again, Japan. But it is a blue beer. Copy the image for this one and put it in the chat, too. Initially, I thought, okay, this is just, you know, some stupid gimmicky kind of thing where they're, you know, trying to, I don't know, just it, try, trying to make it blue for some marketable reason. It's named uh, Royo, Royo Draft, which translates to Ice Flow Draft. And it's a regular beer uh, served in a clear glass like they were showing on the site here. And um, they they were thinking that maybe it had been poured into a blue glass or something like that, but no, it's it's like a neon blue, and like they compare it on this site, they say Walter White's meth blue. Apparently, it's made with your standard beer ingredients, but there are some naturally occurring substances in it that give the beer the blue color, and there's also apparently Chinese yam uh, that is in it. And they say it's best known for its slimy consistency when grated and resemblance to a certain bodily fluid, which there's another link that comes up for this. Let's see what this is. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, apparently it's it's like semen. Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. Um, so, yeah, Royal Draft. And you can apparently order it online at the Abashiri Brewery's website, but I doubt they would uh, actually ship to us out here in the States. So uh, the blue beer, that's going to be left to the Japanese for now. Uh, and it, it uh, The off-colored beers like that, they actually kind of remind me of, if you guys remember, it, okay, Red Sox in the chat says it looks like you're drinking windshield washer fluid. See, now that would be good for a prank. Just, you know, have a bunch of that in glasses and, you know, maybe... Or, you know, have a bunch of bottles of it and then pour it into a windshield washer fluid bottle that has been very carefully cleaned out and then freak people out. Or you just do it cheap and easy with Kool-Aid, I guess. But anyway, these these off-colored beers, they remind me of that ill-conceived ketchup that Heinz made that was purple and green. If you guys remember that, I actually was... uh, thoughtful and had a picture of it for the chat the easy squirt blastin green and easy squirt funky purple um i don't even remember how long those lasted but uh, even even me i thought it was just a bit much i mean i remember one time uh, back i think it was like a valentine's day dinner or something i was making for my ex and i, I was like i was trying to 
go and make you know, like a nice classy dinner, you know, like a special salmon recipe. And I made chive infused mashed potatoes and the ugh, the potatoes they end up turning bright green. It did not look appetizing. They were fucking delicious, but it just did not look right. It, food should not be certain colors like that. I mean, ketchup should be red. Uh, mustard should be, you know, yellow or maybe a tinge of brown. Um, you know, just things like that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some other foods. Or it, it makes me think back to the, the George Carlin bit. Why is there no blue food? And it's true. There really isn't any blue food. Any, you know, blueberries are more of a purple violet. Anything else that we know of as blue is artificially blue, blue raspberry. I mean, what the fuck is blue raspberry? I don't know. Um, this is another one. I believe I also posted this in the Facebook group. Uh, this is another one that was blowing up my news feeds everywhere. Forensic scientists create the face of crystal skull vodka. I will actually post the final rendering of the face. And uh, if you want to have nightmares... You can check this out. Uh, okay. So, and actually, the article has it misnamed. It's actually Crystal Head Vodka. But So, for, for those not familiar with the brand, I've mentioned on the show before, I actually have an empty bottle here signed by Dan Aykroyd, because Dan Aykroyd created the brand, and he was out promoting it. So, it comes in a skull-shaped bottle. There are some gift sets you can get that have uh, shot glasses that are kind of skull-shaped, too. It's actually really good vodka, very nice and smooth drinking, and it better be for the fucking price. But just getting the skull afterwards is awesome. And I'm actually kind of shocked that I have not filled it up with something else. I will probably eventually do that. So, um, it's from Wikipedia. Describes this vodka the best. The vodka is quadruple distilled and seven times filtered. The final three filtrations through Herkimer Diamond Crystals. Sounds kind of fancy. It's additive-free, gluten-free, and kosher certified. The product is packaged in a cardboard box, sold in a clear glass bottle in the shape of a human skull that has a wooden bottle closure. It is actually very classy looking and nice conversation piece. The bottle was designed by artist John Alexander. is manufactured by Milan-based glass manufacturer Bruni Glass. Now, this is the important thing. This is not just some weird, you know, gimmicky kind of thing that, you know, Dan Aykroyd said, oh, I'm going to market a vodka. No. Crystal Head has won numerous awards, including a gold medal for excellent taste at the 2013 Moscow Proud Expo Internation Tasting Contest. And if it's in Moscow and it has to do with vodka... That's probably some pretty high praise there. As well as a double gold medal from the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. So, it's actually a, a pretty cool thing. If it And it, if you just Google search the face of Crystal Skull or Crystal Head Vodka, you'll find it. There were some forensic scientists that apparently... Okay, uh, the name of the forensic artist, his name is... Okay, get, get your chuckles ready. Nigel Cockerton... Nigel Cockerton. Oh, and they have a Facebook link for him. Let's see. Uh, okay. Um, probably smart that he uh, has... Uh, yeah, he kind of looks like a Nigel Cockerton. Mm. But I, I, gotta, I, gotta, 
I got to give him props for this because he actually did a really cool job with this. And the photos, I guess he posted them to Crystal Head Vodka's Facebook page, and then they kind of got it distributed like that. But um, if if you look, if you do a search for this, or if actually if you go on the my uh, Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume, you'll see the link for the article. And it goes through the whole gradual process, complete with the dead eyes at the very beginning of it that they put in the eye sockets, which is just creepy as all fuck. But cool project. Um, not something I would have necessarily thought to do, but I guess forensic scientists, they see a skull and they well, they want to fuck with it. So, Not fuck it, but fuck with it. Eh, either way, it doesn't sound good. Uh and well, this one is for any Food Network fans. I, I enjoy shows on Food Network. I don't actually have cable anymore, so I don't get to watch Food Network all that much. But whenever I am over my in-law's house and they have Food Network on, I end up getting stuck watching it episode after episode. Last one I got stuck watching was Worst Cooks in America because, good God, those are some really stupid people when it comes to cooking. I mean, I, I, I'm no gourmet, but... Oh, Jeez, there, there was a guy who tried to literally grill cheese. He put a slice of cheese on the grill and tried to grill it and then tried to peel it off the grill. <sighs> and, and we wonder why we're doomed as a species. But anyway, this has to do with the Food Network show Chopped on, uh, let's see, this past weekend, actually, Stone Brewing's Greg Cook he was on Chopped this past weekend, and the description of the episode, uh, Chopped is brewing up some serious competition, <laughs> as all three rounds are devoted to beer for their appetizers, the four chefs must make sausages work with toasted lager, sounds good, a tasty triple ale is the beer in the basket for the entree round, and in the final round, the iconic beer and pretzel combination must be made delicious in dessert form. So I have not checked out this episode but I would like to, and uh, ooh, apparently Food Network has full episodes. Wow, how did I not know this? Food Network has full episodes on their website of stuff. Uh, where's Cooks? Oh, they do have Chopped. Very nice. Okay, yes, yeah, so you can probably find that on there if you want to check it out, or you can just you know download it. You know, if you're arr, like Alan or something. Ah, uh, and then uh, let's see a couple more things here before I get into. Well, I don't know. They're, 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 I got a rant coming up after this, I suppose. You guys know I'm originally from Michigan, so I have a I have a soft spot for Michigan breweries. The beer scene in Michigan has really seemed to been growing. Had let me rewind that sentence. The beer scene in Michigan really seems to have been growing over the past year or two. You're starting to see more breweries distributing further and expanding further and it, it it's a good thing because there is some very very good beer made in Michigan um i mean you, you don't necessarily think of Detroit or just Michigan in general as a beer mecca but it is slowly slowly starting to become that um, Atwater Brewery, which is actually based out of Detroit, they're planning a $15 million Texas brewery project. Now, I thought that was kind of interesting that they're um, planning on moving some work to Texas, but in my eyes, that would help them with distribution 
and be able to di- uh, distribute to more markets. Um, you know, Michigan, Texas, I mean, you're opposite ends of the country. So Atwater is planning to build a 100,000 barrel secondary production facility in Austin, Texas, an emerging market with tremendous amount of opportunity. And Austin is is a big beer market too, so it's not surprising. Um, uh, we're bringing Detroit everywhere. They said, what is the best way to do that? Instead of shipping product 2,000 miles away, we decided we could build another facility. The new brewery, uh, which they hope will be producing uh, beer around this time next year, will initially allow Atwater to brew about 50,000 more barrels per year. So uh, it says Atwater is currently sold in 17 states, but local demand is far outpacing supply. About 75% of their overall business is local, Michigan, and that's a huge part of their business, but they want to alleviate the capacity issues in Michigan and in the surrounding states. Now, what I'd like to see happen is, again, further distribution. I'd like to see Atwater make its way out to New Jersey. The The frustrating thing is that Atwater distributes one state over in Pennsylvania. But the problem is, if I want to get Atwater, I have to buy a case of it, which isn't necessarily a problem. I mean, they put out good sampler packs too, but I don't necessarily want a case of their cherry wheat either. I mean, it's really, really good, but, you know, it's a case of beer. So, and I like to, you know, I, I like to mix it up a little bit more. Um, I don't know why I had that open twice. So, uh, Atwater's doing that, and apparently this isn't really something new. Um, let's see, uh, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Lagunitas, Anchor Brewing, they're all building secondary brewing facilities in North Carolina and Illinois, apparently. Smaller operations like Oscar Blues and Epic Brewing they're starting with secondary locations too. So it, this seems to be a thing for, I, I, I gather it's a distribution motivator for them and not just, you know, trying to get more capacity because if, if you want more capacity, you want to brew more barrels, you would expand in your home state probably and then distribute from there. Having a whole other brewing center opposite end of the country, you're going to be able to, service a completely different section of the populace like that. So, hopefully Atwater will be able to make its way to New Jersey sooner rather than later. Um, Then um, Atwater, they're actually not the only Michigan brewery planning expansion. Shorts Brewing, they announced a $5 million expansion at their Elk Rapids Michigan brewery. Now, they're staying in Michigan for that, so it's not a secondary location. It's an expansion, but it's still a good sign for Michigan beer that they're having so much success that they are able to expand like that. Um, okay, this this story, and I actually I, I think I either came across this today or yesterday. This one I thought was kind of annoying. And I can see where it's coming from, and at the same time, ugh. so um, this is from the UK. So it's some kind of nanny state bullshit nonsense again, where you know we can't manage ourselves, so let the government manage for you. Um, drinking when pregnant could be a crime. Now, you'll say to yourself, well, you know, drinking when pregnant is not a good idea, so, you know, people shouldn't be doing it. So, a crime. 
logically, I understand. I understand it, but it's it's still nanny state bullshit. Mm. Got this from the drinksbusiness.com. A landmark case due to be heard by the UK's Court of Appeal could lead to the criminalization of drinking while pregnant. And this all comes from, apparently, one case. That's not to say that there are not other cases of fetal alcohol syndrome. Apparently, um, let's see, uh, they said uh, the case comes amid a 50% rise in fetal alcohol syndrome in the past three years. Okay, fine. This is all from one case, though, and it, it, it's the knee-jerk kind of thing. Just like with the Trayvon Martin case. Oh, my God, guns! Oh, shit, guns! One case, people freak out. Um. Uh, what the fuck? Wow, I, I'm for, I'm forgetting the the Colorado movie theater city already. Jesus! But after that, oh my God, guns, guns! I mean, guns seems to be guns seem to be the one point where people will freak out over one single case and not not look at the thousands, hundreds of thousands of other actually responsible people out there. The article says the case will argue that a six-year-old girl is the victim of a crime because she suffered brain damage when exposed to alcohol in the womb, a risk that her mother was aware of, according to a report by Sky News. If successful, the case could set a precedent and criminalize excessive drinking while pregnant. Okay. Criminalizing excessive drinking. Now, that's a little bit different, but what do you, what do you categorize as excessive? Uh, for instance, I am just about to finish my second beer. Is that excessive? If I have another two, is that excessive? Different things to different people. If you leave it up to the government, it is going to be a problem because, you know, hockey fans know, you know, referee subjective judgment. Nobody's happy with that. Government, same bullshit. It's the pornography argument. I'll know it when I see it. I'll know the excessive drinking when I see it. Yeah. Uh, but th- there was there was a part of this article, and it was actually the last line of the article that kind of floored me. Okay, second beer gone. Uh, Susan Fleischer, the founder of the charity uh, N O F A S U K, so No Fast U K, and and I, I agree with the first part of this. To be fair. Uh, which promotes awareness about the impact of alcohol during pregnancy, that's an important thing, has said more needs to be done, but that criminalization was not the answer. Now, that is that is a very fair point. I mean, criminal... We don't like this, make it illegal. We don't like this, make it illegal. Special interest groups, if, if you bow to every single special interest group, everything is illegal, especially everything fun. But the next line she said here, women can't be prosecuted for something they don't know about. And to be fair, women who are alcoholics who have an issue with drinking should be given support and should be given information so they know there's a chance they could harm another life. (sighs) Who the fuck doesn't know that drinking in excess when you're pregnant is bad for the baby? I mean, okay... Maybe maybe look back in the nineteen, I don't know, forties, fifties, whatever. You know, who nowadays doesn't know that? I mean, 
you don't you know you don't smoke when you have a kid you know you don't drink when you have a kid you know um when you're having a kid you don't you know you don't um i don't know you know you know you don't do drugs when you when you're having a kid i mean i know you know like my, my wife is iffy about even like even when she wasn't pregnant she was iffy about taking you know like ibuprofen and stuff like that now she won't touch the stuff. I mean, she'll take like a baby aspirin and that's about it. <sighs> Do people really not know that drinking bad for unborn baby? Go back to a George Carlin bit again. Mention Carlin again today. It it becomes like passive eugenics in a way. I mean, I don't want you know kids with fetal alcohol syndrome and all that. But these people, if if they're excessively drinking that much, they're probably going to lose the kid in a lot of cases. Maybe, I mean, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But it, it seems it, it's almost to the point where we're trying to make stupidity illegal, which if that was the case, you know, probably 75% of the U.S. would be incarcerated and, um, well, we wouldn't be able to get fast food. We wouldn't be able to get our groceries. We, uh, well, we wouldn't be able to do much of anything, really. So, mm, eh. so and there was, an, there was another part of this. Got another beer here. There was another part of this that I was actually surprised people had not already jumped up in arms about. Christians calling it a form of religious persecution. Hear me out here. What do you do at church? Usually towards the end of the Mass. You go up for the Eucharist. And what do you get when you go up there? Well, in addition to that uh, nice little wafer, you get wine. If a pregnant woman goes up for communion and takes a sip of that wine, is she at risk for being arrested? Oh my God, you're persecuting us Christians because we're trying to trying to have our faith. Oh my God. I can, I, I can see it happening. I, and, ugh. And, uh, ugh. I mean, I, I'm, I am not, I am not a fan of, you know, the, the cries of the persecuted Christian. But, uh, Trying to trying to legislate this in this way is stupid. There are other ways to do it. There there are ways to educate these stupid fucking people. Uh, I mean, you you could say you know you could say charges of child endangerment, but then that brings up all other philosophical issues. Perhaps you know tying into abortion as to you know. When, you know, when is a baby a baby kind of thing? And is it child endangerment if it's still in the first trimester and stuff? (laughs) I am not repeating that, Red Sox. If you want to see what Red Sox said, go in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. And uh, on the off chance, anybody wants to call too, 862-345-7125. Skype in alcohol by volume, all one word. Yeah, that that, 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 that might have been that impression there, Red Sox. But 
I, I, I'm I'm against stupid legislation of this like any you know, of any type. So I, in a weird way, I'm on the side of the Christians, just not necessarily with the. Uh, and, and I'm just anticipating this with the Christians. I mean, they might not freak out with it. Um, I mean, one one of my favorite shows on television is Supernatural, and if any of you listeners have watched that before, you would think that the Christian right would be up in arms over that show angels demons you know um you know talk of god you know or, you know having left heaven and you know it or you know different god now and it, i i find it amazing that show has not been targeted and i don't know maybe, maybe focus on the family has targeted it for all i know um ugh, jesus trying to open this bottle here and tonight, tonight I am uh, dipping into the second half of my case of the Susquehanna beers. Uh, tonight I've already had the Hop Five IPA, the Sixth Generation Stock Ale, and now I am drinking the uh, Pils Noir. And uh, welcome to the chat, Sherry. Glad to have you aboard. Uh, let's see here. Um, a couple more things before I get into. One one thing that I, I teased last week that I was going to talk about and didn't have the time for because I over-prepped like a over-preparing douche because I'm paranoid about my uh, on-air chops, of course. But um, these last two here. There's a non-profit that helps alcoholics learn how to brew beer. Now, hearing that just as it is, that... Actually, sounds kind of dangerous. Um, it, I mean, it, it sounds like a horrible, horrible idea. But it actually starts to make a little bit of sense as you go through it. Um, you, you remember that story, uh, I think it was in the UK, it was a program, where homeless alcoholics were being hired to do street cleaning work and stuff like that, and they were being paid in beer. Now, true, well, being paid in beer and in, in um, you know a little bit of cash. Now, yeah, it was still feeding their addiction, but they were motivated to do some good for the community as a result. And it you know, kept them out of the parks and, you know, begging for money and stuff like that. Well, this, you know, nonprofit helping alcoholics learn how to brew beer, there actually is a justifiable reason for this. It is apparently an effort, and this is in Canada, so, you know, you can you know leave it to the Canadians here. It's an effort to deter consumption of of rubbing alcohol or hand sanitizer. Basically saying, okay, you're an alcoholic. How about you drink this stuff? If you're going to be a drunken mess, drink this. Not the rubbing alcohol, not the hand sanitizer. That's not quite good for you. And Jesus Christ, I'm I'm looking at the sidebar because I'm getting this article from time.com. We we have a we have a let's see um, latest from our partners uh, Huffington Post. Here's an updated tally of all the people who have ever died from a marijuana overdose. I'm assuming it's a blank article. Uh, oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a bunch of pandas uh, just falling around. Okay, but uh, this is the one that uh, this is the one that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Help! My boyfriend wants to have sex whenever I go number two. 
that might be that might be uh, more of a matter for I don't know. Trust us, we're hot, or possibly even back talk radio. Um, maybe on a really off night, mark out radio. I don't know. So through a Canadian community services organization, alcoholics are learning how to make beer and wine in an effort to stop them from guzzling products containing alcohol that are not fit for human consumption. Okay. See, now it starts to make sense a little more. You're you're trying to wean them off the really bad stuff that's going to kill them. Uh, the Vancouver Sun and the National Post report the Portland Hotel Society runs the Drinker's Lounge at the Drug Users Resource Center in Vancouver where members pay about $10 for a beer or winemaking kit. It's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, a brewmaster walks them through the fermentation process and in a month they get to take home the alcohol they make while also donating a portion of it to an alcohol exchange in which members can swap alcoholic substances like hand sanitizer, rubbing alcohol, or mouthwash for safe beverages. That is pretty cool. It, it, it's it's saying, they're, they're basically saying, okay, we know you are damaging your body, but you know what? If you're going to do it, let's do it in a slightly safer way. Apparently, this Port, uh, Portland Hotel Society, they did something else that was kind of controversial last week. They... I can't believe how you would allow this, but they maintain a crack pipe vending machine at the Drug Users Resource Center. And again, this makes sense. That is designed to halt the spread of disease by improving access to safer drug paraphernalia. In a weird way, the giving giving these junkies, giving these alcoholics what they want is a good thing it's very strange it's kind of like you know it, you know g- g- give a heroin addict a clean needle he no matter what that guy is going to be shooting up heroin unless you somehow get to rehabilitate him at least you can get that addict to do it safely same goes for these crack pipes and same goes for this brewing of the beer and the wine you know, it, beer and wine, yeah, you're, you're going to damage your liver over time. But not like rubbing alcohol, not like hand sanitizer. So, here, we know you're hurting yourself, but do it in a safe, controlled manner. I think it's a good idea. Um, I, I'm not I'm not particularly happy with the Canadians recently. Oh, fucking Team Canada hockey team, motherfuckers. I fucking Sidney Crosby, the piece of shit fuckhead but the canadians have a good idea here um and let's see who let's see who, who do we have in the chat now we got oh we got j5 in the chat uh we have oh we got roy black on crack in the chat now too so oh we got butt monkey in the chat as well thank you everybody for joining and again if you would like to join the chat more like radio dot com slash live and i second red Sox's mention in the chat fuck canada fuck canada fuck them right up their maple syrup asses i don't know for sure if their asses are kind of maple syrupy but mm. um yeah if you can't tell my comedic timing is non-existent i mean if you've been listening for the past year plus you you would know that and this is the last uh, little bit uh, before I guess you know before I go to break today. Um, 
California brewers fear drought could affect beer taste and quality. This actually kind of surprised me because it, I don't know it, it it didn't dawn on me that drought conditions could affect production for local brewers. Um, I I've never been one that necessarily thought of where the where the water was coming from for their beer. Well, with this. A lot of them rely on the mineral qualities and whatnot of their local river supplies. If they suddenly have to go to well water, it is a completely different quality to their water. I mean, it, certain 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 areas and certain cities and certain towns really pride themselves on the quality of their like of their river water. And you know, once you get down to the other sources of water, it's yeah, kind of iffy. So uh, let's see from this article here. Uh, brewers around the country boast that their pure local water, and this is from NPR, uh, is a key to their beer's unique flavor. Coors credits the trout streams of the Rockies. Well, the trout streams of the Rockies aren't doing shit for them. Olympia Beer's slogan is, It's the water, and Cold Spring Brewing in Minnesota is named for a nearby natural spring. Well, Lagunitas, we all know Lagunitas, they make their beer with water from the Russian River, a 110-mile waterway that provides drinking water for more than half a million people. Now, apparently, and I, I, I don't keep up with, um, with um, you know, national trends and such, but 2013 was the driest year ever recorded in California. It's not a good thing. And Lagunitas said they're nervous about shortages that could mean a switch from the river water to well water. Uh, Jeremy Marshall, head brewer at Lagunitas, said, If the county shifts us over to groundwater, we'd have to sacrifice our nice water supply, that unique signature clean Russian River water. The problem with groundwater, he says, that it's heavy in minerals that don't go well in beer. It would be brewing, it would be like brewing with Alka-Seltzer, Marshall said. So, apparently, uh, some of the region's wells, there are taste and odor issues. Uh, you have high nitrate concentrations in places from agricultural industries, iron, manganese, any off flavors in the well water might not show through in a malty bitter beer, but the minerals could coax undesirable flavors from grainy and hoppy styles. So depending on the style of beer, you may catch a difference for it. Um, A beer that might taste normally crisp and refreshing could have an astringent taste, kind of like, kind of planky, like a popsicle stick. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, uh, Lagunitas, they're in the midst of opening a new facility in Chicago. And if the drought hits them too hard in, um, in was it California? 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 Not California. Yeah, California. Okay. Whew. Okay. Yeah, drink a little more, Kev. Um, they would shift much of their production then over to Chicago and um, ugh. see I'm completely off I hear my kid in the background I don't know what the hell he's doing they would have a reverse osmosis system to handle the groundwater kind of filter it out and everything basically they'd filter the water to try and get the undesirable stuff out but the technology is wasteful of the water that goes in only 70% comes out good so I mean it's it's not it's not the best best way to do it really. Um, 
And they say, moreover, the water produced by reverse osmosis may be even too pure, which means they'd have to refortify it with minerals before they could brew it. Big headache with it to keep their signature taste of their brews. Um, Bear Republic, they would encounter the same issue. They use their the they use the water from the Russian River. Um, they said they don't have the option to switch to another supply. So, what would happen with them? They don't know. Um, let's see. A major source of the Russian River is Lake Mendocino, and um, I would assume that Mendocino Brewing Company may work with the Russian River too. Officials have warned that this reservoir could all but disappear this summer if the months remaining of spring produce little or no more heavy rainfall. If 2014 is exceptionally dry, water rationing will likely be enforced. So that could really, really fuck up some of the California brewing scene. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I'm, I'm curious if we'll start to see lower distribution from these brewers, if some of them will have to I guess, contract out to different locations. I mean, it, it, it's very interesting to see what will happen, especially with some of the smaller breweries there. And um, let's see. Yes, yes, Sherry. Mitch Mitch can know that I am mad, bro, but does he even lift? That is what I want to know. And Red Sox wants me to start chugging. I got two more beers left here. Give me time. The sad part is, I did eat dinner before the show. Didn't have breakfast. breakfast Try that again. Breakfast or lunch today. Uh, and I ran, so I made sure I had my calories. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, after the break, uh, I'm going to talk about hops. At least a little bit. I uh, found a couple really good hop guides. One of them from ratebeer.com, another from onebeer.net. Good charts that kind of go into some of the stuff. I know I've talked about hops before, and I know when I kind of give my releases and reveals for the week, sometimes I'll, if the if the article mentions it, I'll mention what hops the beer is made with. But a lot of the time, those are just names. Probably just names to you, names to me, and I never remember the qualities of certain hops, what they will bring to certain beers. I mean, and it's not all about hops with IPAs. I mean, all beer have hops, and they all all the hops bring their different characteristics to each beer uh let's see draftmag.com they had a nice little feature ask a beer tender they asked a uh, bartender some questions at the newest world of beer in brandon florida uh, a czech brewer that you may know they uh won out in a trademark battle with a with a particular big brewer you may know who they are too and then uh, Miller 64, they're becoming the first big beer brand to voluntarily do something. Something that I approve of, but it doesn't mean I'm going to be drinking Miller 64 because Miller 64 is, well, okay, if, if Bud Light is water, Miller 64 is the, the, the water that they use to make Bud Light. I don't know. I, I got nothing. Eh, I'll be back after this. Alcohol by volume here on More Like Radio. Alcohol by volume, Kevin's show. Hey, it's the name of the show. Hey, more like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. 
Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find your drunkenness very unappealing. I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. The newest episodes of Talk Radio Meltdown air first on More Like Radio. Listen to new episodes every Friday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern at morelikeradio.com. More Like Radio has a lot of great shows, including ours. Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. Listen in at morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Wednesday night at 11 p.m., Tune in to More Like Radio for two hours of wrestling talk on Markout Radio with Dark Fox and Friends. Fistful of assholes! Excuse me? Fistful of assholes? Really? You want me to say that? Just do the bit. <sighs> Alright, you're such a diva now that you have your own show with guest host Punchy, Greenway, and whoever else shows up on Skype or in Fox's creepy basement studio. The smell of common beer doesn't make it creepy. Maybe not, but the fleshlight does. Listen, I have a healthy sexual appetite. Thank you very much. What are the anal beads for? Can you just do the bit? Ugh, fine. Jesus, and you wonder why people get Marianne through the audio bits. Markout Radio live every Wednesday night from 11 p.m. Eastern on More Like Radio. This is it, the apocalypse. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic? A drug addict? When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for The Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like uh, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh, my God. I meant I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I I hope you end your life. Now get off the the microphone while I talk to my pal. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I would rather go one mile down the road than inconvenience men behind me. Mm -hmm. In my mouth, with my tongue, and testicles. Oh. The official statement is fag! Zach, um, uh, um, as far as your routine goes, um, how... You know, because do you ever, like, do, like, with, uh... Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Yeah, you can't sell Betsy's milk to no one. Absolutely no one. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. Oh my god. You can't tell that milk. <laughs> I got pain. It's my hair. Yo, I got pain. I'm gonna smell it. Dude fucking takes the bread, shoves it in her ass, shits it back out, puts it in the case. That's how you wrap the bread. You can jiggle your fist around in there without hitting the sides. On this episode of the daytime drama Conti and Kenny, Conti shows compassion for Kenny's flailing comedy career. There's, especially in this area where we are, the Northeast, there's 10,000 people that want to be comics that sort of do it here and there. But they wanted to, not, don't look at my schedule. No, I wasn't putting you in that group. I've been doing it 10 years. You know what I mean? Not right now. I'm in a little. Not in a I'm, row. I'm, I'm, <laughs> 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 yeah, you jerk off. ContiandKennyShow.com High Society Radio is now part of MoreLikeRadio.com Who's all part of the More Like the uh, More Like Radio cavalcade of stars? Oh, who, who are you joining next? Oh, well, Hippo Juice, they're the the soul behind More right. Like Radio. And we're, we're jumping on there. High Society Radio, that is. What, others, what other kind of shows are over there, though? Oh, there's, there's plenty. There's a there's just a roster that's ridiculous. There's 360 on 420. Mm-hmm. There's a gentleman show. There's ain't social gamer radio. There's the red show. There's daytime divas. Okay, so you're not out there by your by yourself in the cold anymore. No, you're fucking with a family. Yeah, a real family, a family of gangsters. Take the edge off. MoreLikeRadio.com. It's like rap music you can understand. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Hey, this is Will from Tattoos and Touchdowns. And Espo, as always. Check us out every Sunday from 10 a.m. to noon exclusively on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. Cousin Joe Show. Now, I know what a crack vial is because there was one time I went to go score Coke, and this guy in Patterson tries it for Coke, and he goes, All right. And like usual, they got it all set up right. They got fucking. They got all their. They're like fucking 14 year old kids on bicycles riding around the corner to flag the dealer if the cops are around. Like just as lookouts while I'm parked, and the guy goes in the apartment or whatever and gets the shit. Comes out with these vials of. It looks like salt. And I'm like, What is this? He goes, it's coke and the way he looked at me and said it I'm like I'm not arguing with this guy I'm not I'm just gonna pay take it and I tried stiffing crack I didn't realize until like two minutes later I'm like why is my nose getting clogged with shit I'm like oh wait this isn't coke this is, these are crack rocks but they were <laughs> they were they look like like sea salt they're like fucking <laughs> so you just you got overcharged I remember I went to go get a haircut right after that and I was looking in the barber shop I went to go get a haircut on 
on coke? <laughs> I did no, everything no. on coke hey, back then. It was <laughs> crack. It was just part of my day. What are you talking about? Out. I remember looking in the mirror going like, shit, because they started to fall out of my nose. Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live Thursday night, 7 to 10 on More Like Radio. A ton of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. Somebody comes up to you and says, I think you might be depressed. Clinically, you should say thank you. Thank you very much. Because that means I'm awake. <laughs> Is there any reason we shouldn't be depressed? Question. You living on the same fucking planet as me, asshole? Do you ever think that depression might be the reasonable human response to the bullshit we're going through as a species and it's meant to propel us into the next evolutionary step or at least to the next step of social change? Do you ever think that? Fuckhead? Do you ever think that maybe it's the people that are happy all the time that are really fucked up in the head? Do you ever think that, asshole? Maybe they're the ones that need pills. You know, these guys. Hey, how's it going? I don't know. I feel great again. Well, that's creepy and weird, man. Maybe you should be on medication. Clearly, you're self-centered, narcissistic, borderline. I don't fucking know, but could you move along? You're draining me with your happy. I'm doing the big work. Move along. Hour number two of Alcohol by Volume here on MoreLikeRadio.com. If you want to call in, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Or if you uh, like to go old school and just use Skype. Actually, I guess Skype is new school. Phone is old school. Ah, fuck it. Alcohol by Volume, all one word. Welcome back, everybody. Ah... So, I'm going to talk about hops for a little bit. It's probably a good thing I've uh, had a few drinks in me now, because I'll make it a little bit more interesting. And goddamn, I, w- I want this weather to improve out here. I know they're talking about, uh, out here in Jersey, they were talking about some snow tonight. Not a major amount, thankfully. I want the weather to improve so I can go outside and enjoy my goddamn cigars. And I got I got my cigar cutter here. I have a nice two-cigar ashtray on the way. In fact, when the weather gets nicer, I, I want to see how strong my Wi-Fi signal is. Just um, we get we got a deck just off the um, kind of just off the kitchen, and that happens to be where our router and um, modem are. So I figure my Wi-Fi signal will be pretty good from there. I would like to try and do a show outside. At some point, when the weather's nicer, have my cigar, have my beers, have my laptop, have my microphone, and just relax. That would be a good show for me to do. But the weather has to get fucking better for that. <sighs> so, and I'd really like to do that with that Utopia cigar that I have. The Hops cigar that I got from the Big Brew Beer Fest, that one, that one's going to be a, you know, just kind of, you know, gradual whatever, you know, once the weather gets a little bit nicer kind of thing. But the utopias, that that I'd like to do on air. That I'd like to do on air. Um, wait, uh, what, 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 what the hell is going on in the chat? I'm, I'm trying to see what J5... The wind, the bugs, the AIDS, I have no idea what the hell is going on in there. 
I think he, uh, I, I get the feeling he may have started drinking early tonight. So uh, he, and definitely stay tuned for unsigned hype tonight. Jesus Christ. So, talking hops. I personally want to learn more about specific hops because when researching certain beers or seeing new releases, there are certain names I constantly see popping up and damned if I know what the traits of those hops actually are. Now, Rate Beer has a good hop guide that actually has more than a f- uh, more than a few familiar names on there. Even if, you know, as a listener, you don't really pay that much attention to hops type, there are a few there that you'd recognize just from listening to the show. Um, you know, certain, certain names like Cascade, Amarillo, Chinook, uh, Goldings, uh, Liberty, stuff like that. Um, and the guide also brought up a term that I wasn't really familiar with. It's hops alpha acid percentage. Now, alpha acid is kind of sciencey. It contributes to the bitter flavor of the beer. Okay, not too sciencey, I guess. And the higher the alpha acid percentage, the more bitter the hop and the beer. So that's kind of an important thing if you, especially if you're home brewing and you're picking the hops that you want to use for a certain beer. If you know the alpha acid, Jesus Christ, that those are not words you want to say when you're drunk. If you know the alpha acid percentage of a certain beer, or, motherfucker. Okay. If you know the alpha acid percentage of a certain hops variety, you'll know kind of the attributes, in terms of bitterness at least, that it will lend to your brew. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, J5 now, he's talking about host hosting the show outside. The wind, the bugs, and the aids. Well, you know what? I think the only bugs that I would have to fight with out on my deck would be the, uh, the bees that tend to, or the bees and the wasps that tend to uh, make their nest up... Uh, up near the gutters of my house. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should get like a tent and do it in there. And uh, and eh, Red Sox is right. You can't get the AIDS if you already have it. I mean, you know, AIDS, herpes, syphilis. I, I'm, I'm totally good on those. You can't get those twice. Um, <laughs> so, um, alpha acid percentage, It's it's not a measurement that I recall ever seeing on beers themselves and it would probably get ridiculous because you'd have to put on the label for each hops variant used in the beer it'd get ridiculous i mean there are so few beers out there now that even list the hops variants in their beers if you start adding the alpha acid percentage it your your label is going to be a mile long it's it's not going to work out well like that um Oddly enough, that actually kind of ties into a story that I got coming up later. Um, but you know, let, let me go. Let me go into a few of these. Oh shit, Red Sox! What what did I say? All I see is you marking seven fifteen, and I have no idea what the fuck I just said. God damn it! Um. So the rate beer hop guide. The descriptions on the, here are actually pretty good. Um. I, actually, I I did find a better chart than this one, but this this is a good one that kind of gives you the general traits, like 
Amarillo, relatively new but popular variety, mid-range alphas, so it's a mid-bitterness kind of thing, and uh, sea hop citrus notes. If I remember correctly, uh, when they say sea hop, that's referring to the big, um, the, the big sea hops, if that makes sense. Cascade, Chinook, and I believe Centennial. Um, those are the ones that will give you a lot more hoppiness, I believe. Hoppiness, strong bitterness, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, mid-range alpha, sea hop, citrus notes make this a good all-purpose sea hop substitute. Uh, let's see, what, what's one? That, what's okay? Cascade, and this is this is a perfect one right here. They say probably the first hop you'll learn. The aroma variety is piney, citrusy, and quite assertive. The heritage is fuggle, and I know many, 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 many shows ago I talked about fuggle hops, which is a funny name, and. Siri Briankur, a Russian variety. The most widely available Cascade beers are Anchor Liberty, Sierra Nevada Pale, and Great Lakes Burning River. I don't believe I've had Burning River, but I've had Anchor Liberty. I've had Sierra Nevada Pale. Enjoy both of those. Um, you know what? Let's let's kick down to the Fuggles. Uh, it's an English mainstay, as you probably might have guessed. Uh, large crop is also produced in the U.S. It's a woodsier character uh, than things like uh, Goldings. Uh, considered the less refined of the two by some. Others prefer its juicier, more foresty character. Examples include North Coast Old Stock Ale. So you kind of get the idea of how they're describing them here. I mean, I go down, um, you know, uh, Galena, hugely popular American Bittering Hop. Um, Golding, soft, earthy, vaguely farm-like aroma hop. So, I mean, you have your Bittering Hops, you have your Aroma Hops. I mean, I've gone into that before, too. Um... But there's a, let's see, the other list, uh, let's see, I got this one from onebeer.net, and if anybody's actually interested, this one, this one really seems to cover it really well, because it even has the um, alpha acid content for each hops listed in this chart. If you want to check it out, onebeer.net slash hopschart.html, it, it, it really, really has a, a great, great set up here so um you, first of all i would assume that the higher the alpha acid percentage the more bittering so the first one in this list is admiral from the uk typical beer styles ale possible substitutions that's a cool thing for your home brewers that if you can't get a hold of a certain type of hops it gives you something that will give you some of the same traits now admiral it's a fifteen, or I'm sorry, thirteen point five to sixteen percent alpha acid percentage. Flavor description known for its bittering potential. That makes sense given the high alpha acid. But um, th- this one goes through again. The flavor descriptions for all of them is great. Uh, description and they're very simple descriptions. Uh, I think a lot more accessible than the rate beer listing. Uh, like Brewer's Gold, the German variety, Black Currant, Fruity, Spicy, uh, Centennial, Medium with Floral and Citrus Notes. Uh, let's scroll down to another one here. Ultra, a very good to outstanding, some Saz-like qualities, aromatic properties similar to Haller Tower. 
which that one, there are actually a few varieties of that. There's U.S., there's gold, there's Mittelfru, there's uh, Tradition, which is Germany, uh, but very mild, pleasant, slightly flowery, some spicy. So this this is a good resource for if you see the hops listed on your bottle or if you see a new release on a, on a website, be it you know Draft Mag, be it... Um, Damn, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember some of the other sites I go to. I, I I I'm always on autopilot with them. Beer Pulse, um, Beer Street Journal, you know, sites like that. Some of them will list the the individual hops used in the new releases, and this will kind of give you an idea um, of the hops used, whether it's an aroma hop, whether it's a bittering hop, and uh, if you're interested in that uh, rate beer chart. Also, that one is um, ratebeer.com slash hopguide.asp. And use the two of these in tandem, and I think you can actually get a pretty good idea of what each hop variety will bring to the beer that you're drinking. Um, I I fully admit that I, I don't know shit about hops varieties. I need something like this. I could not tell you, pick, picking out a name at random on the screen right now, uh, Crystal, I could not tell you if that's a aroma hop or a bittering hop. Looking at it right now, uh, it says it's quite aromatic and fruity, so I would assume it is a aroma hop. Now, let me hit over to the onebeer.net one, Crystal, my, okay, mild and pleasant, spicy and flowery. I think when when you get the those descriptions of the aroma like that, you are really looking at an aroma hops. Um, Eroica, which is used in wheat beers, strong but pleasant aroma, things like that. Eventually, I would love to get to the stage, and it, it, it's definitely not going to be until I move out of this house because I, I don't have the room to really do a proper setup for larger scale home brewing but i would love 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 to get into really really getting into the individual components of the home brew i mean right now with the mr beer kit everything's there for you in the can you have the can of the you know the, the malt and the hops uh it's like a solution there that you know is together you have the yeast in the packet and everything Eventually, I want to be able to, you know, go through different hops varieties, you know, smell how fresh it is and stuff like that. Right now, it's just not feasible. I mean, honestly, I'm assuming that, you know, that level of brewing, that's probably what Marianne from Backtalk Radio, Mondays at 9, I am assuming that is what level her husband is at where he will really be able to fine tune his brews by specifically picking each element of it. Charts like this, that would get me a bit closer to it. I I would love to be able to study and memorize all of this kind of stuff. And as, as much, as much as I want to do it, it's almost like I need a classroom environment push me to do shit like that. I don't know if any of you are like that where there's something you want to learn but you need that structure of a classroom environment to do it. 
I've talked about some of the beer courses that colleges have been offering. I've talked about them in recent uh, weeks. Something like that would be perfect for me because that structure would really teach me what I need to know. A lot of the times, I'm just you know rambling randomly, you know, with this stuff. I know my beers, but when it comes to a lot of the details of it. There is still so much for me to learn. So, you know, if, if I haven't lost all you guys, let me move on to something else. Ooh. Last bottle of beer I got here. It's the Susquehanna Brewing Company Golden Cold Lager. Ah, I'm still enjoying these. and I'm actually, I think I'm enjoying them more as time goes by. Because I'm trying to analyze them a little bit more. So this is from draftmag.com. Ask a beer tender. It's some Q&A with Christina Chornobi, a bartender at the Newest World of Beer in Brandon, Florida. If you remember, I was lucky enough to go to a World of Beer location when I was out in Orlando for Royce and Marie's wedding. And it really is an amazing place for a beer fan. And let's see. Red Sox wants me to say rambling randomly five times fast. Okay. Rambling randomly, rambling randomly, rambling randomly, rambling randomly, rambling... Fuck! Didn't make it through the... Son of a bitch. And J5 is... Oh, J5 is drinking an arrogant bastard. You know... Damn it. I've had an arrogant bastard before. I've I've had a lot of the different stone beers. um, At least the non-stout ones. Ugh. I, I, I feel like I have to try them again because initially when I tried them, I could not stand the really bitter hoppy beers. And I'm starting to slowly, slowly, slowly progress into that. Um, Arrogant Bastard might still be too much of a punch in the gut for me because I know Stone really likes to hit in the face with the hoppy beers. But... More power to you, man. More power to you if you can enjoy that. Hell yeah. Oh. <laughs> Though, I mean, Stone Stone knows their hoppy beers. I will I will totally give them that. So, um, let's see. You know what? Th- th- this will this will always this will always uh, derail the chat. Here, here's here's the bartender we're looking at here. Oh, she's party. Yep. So that's Christina Chernobyl at uh, World of Beer in Brandon, Florida. So, the interview, or question and answer, whatever they gave here. This is actually some kind of, this is cool stuff, particularly if you go to a World of Beer or if you go to a bar that is similar to World of Beer in the respect that it has a very large selection of a variety of beers. How should I tell you I have no idea what kind of beer I want? She answers, let us know you have no idea. I hear it all the time. We have between 30 and 60 taps, and that gives me the opportunity to put you through an experience. I'll try to figure out a couple characteristics you like, then bring a few samples that might be near what you said. We'll keep sampling until you find something you love. Perfect. That that works. I mean, I, I would have to assume that to work at World of Beer, you have to be relatively educated on, well, the world of beer and kind of got to know all the flavor profiles and you know, if you like this, you'd like this. If you don't like this, you wouldn't like this. Things like that. 
Uh, so what should I do if I don't like a pint I ordered? She says, tell me. We try to use samples to get everyone something they like on the first try, but there are definitely times where halfway through the beer, a customer will say the flavor profile isn't what they were looking for. God knows I've had that happen with bottles that I've bought. Uh, We'd absolutely buy that back for them, no questions asked. That is fantastic customer service right there. Can't argue with that. Uh, Bartending... Rewind. Bartending's a social job, but are there times when you'd rather not chat? See, this is why I couldn't be a bartender. Not really. The more conversation, the better. Even when I'm super busy and I don't have time to have a long conversation, any type of interaction makes the bar feel better. The overall happiness of everyone in the room increases. And God bless her because I, I could not do a job like that. I, I, I have an IT support job and I can't stand communicating with people. Yeah. Someone, you know, if I'm if I'm walking across, I work at a university. If I'm walking across campus, and I encounter someone that you know, a faculty member or whatever that I know, all I can hope is that, oh God, please let them only just say hi. Let that be it. Please don't let me get dragged in some social situation. Please, please, please. I mean, part of that social anxiety. Part of that's just me not wanting to fucking deal with people. Obviously, I could not be a bartender whatsoever. Um, Red Sox, that's rude. I wouldn't blame you, but that's rude. Um, What's the best way to get a bartender's attention? This is one I had a problem with back when I used to go to bars more frequently. Uh, Back maybe the one or two times I actually went to a club. Ugh. That's why I never want to be single ever again because, ugh, it's just horrendous. Anyway, she said you can go two ways. Be the person who waves obnoxiously or the one who sits quietly. Either way, I'm going to see you. See, I'm going to be the one who sits quietly, obviously. I'm always looking for guests who are on their last third of their beer. If you're almost empty, you're already on my mind. If I don't happen to see you, call me by name. I should have already introduced myself to you. Just say, hey, Christina, when you get a chance. I can you know, attest to that at World of Beer. As my beer got lower, you know, lower in volume, the, you know, the bartender was there. She, you know, figured out, you know, okay, he's going to need more soon. Um, they're, they're on their game with that. Um, particularly when, I guess it's not even necessarily when you're just sitting at the bar, it's, you know, when you're sitting at a table or whatever. Now, obviously I I would assume a club atmosphere is different because, you know, the bartender is going to be looking for the chick with the big tits and a lot of the cleavage, or if it's a female bartender, she's going to be looking for the hot guy. I don't have big tits or cleavage. I'm not the hot guy, so I'm not the one that's getting the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth drink. I'm I'm waiting quite a while. World of beer, that's a better location for me. Assuming the service is the same, should I tip more on a complicated cocktail than a draft beer? This is one I've always been iffy on. Like, I get a beer, I typically tip a dollar per beer, per drink, you know, things like that. 
I never really mix up my tips like that. I've always wondered if I should. She says, I don't think so. I don't think it's based on the amount of work. As long as I serve a quality drink and the customer gets what they ordered, they should base the tip off of that. You know, there there may be times, again, I don't, I don't go to bars that often, but if I continue getting a good quality of service as time goes by, my tips may increase over the over the course of the evening. True, that may have to do with the alcohol consumption as well, but it may also have to do with the degree of service. It may also have to do with the hotness of the bartender, so I don't know. Um, let me kick back into the chat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what am I looking at in the chat here? <laughs> oh, butt monkey is... Uh, okay, yeah, that that is that's perfect. Uh, kind of like, um, how can I describe this if you're not in the chat? More like radio.com slash live. First gif is a kid trying to jump into an inflatable pool and missing. Uh, second gif is a girl trying to jump on a yoga ball and falling on her ass. That That's kind of like, that's trying to get to the bartender. That's trying to get the bartender's attention and getting nothing. Um, and in, in terms of the avoiding people, oh my God, Red Sox... He he mirrors the exact thing that I will do. He says he's the same way. Just pull the phone out, pretend you're busy to avoid people. I I completely do that. When I'm walking, if I see someone coming up that I do not want to interact with, I will actually go so far as to pretend that I am on the phone, not just you know fiddling with my phone, but on the phone, you know, or checking voicemail or something like that. Um, ugh. I don't. I don't know if that's a sign of a deeper problem. It, it's social anxiety all all over the place with me. But I I will I will definitely do that. Um, and Sherry said, <laughs> Sherry said I'm not allowed to be single because she loves my wife. I will have to tell her that. And <laughs> and then, oh fuck it, I don't need you to love your wife. I love my wife. She she okay. You know what? She made me a goddamn delicious dinner tonight. I this has nothing nothing to do with beer, but I'm giving her total props tonight. And it it wasn't even a special dinner or anything. She made like a kind of shake and bake chicken, but the chicken came out extremely moist, delicious, very tasty. She did uh, whole string beans in breadcrumbs and garlic, delicious. And then she had a box of the uh, what is it? Uh, the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuit Mix. And those are delicious biscuits. And those came out fantastic. And it, all together, goddamn, fantastic dinner. I mean, obviously, I get out of work at 4, get home by 5. I can't make dinner on Tuesdays with a show at 6. That's just the way it goes. During the week, I'd like to be able to make dinner if I can. Uh, depends if stuff's been defrosted and I'm at work all day during the weekends. That's probably more my time to shine, but goddamn my, my wife does a good job with dinners. And, um, even, even when she hasn't defrosted things, she does a damn good job going on the Domino's website and ordering that pizza and those Parmesan bread bites. God damn it. And let's see, Mitch says it's not social anxiety. He says it's because I'm an asshole. A little from column A, a little from column B. Eh, yeah, I'm definitely an asshole because I don't want to deal with people. 
part of it's social anxiety because some of it's not wanting to deal with people I actually like. So I don't know where that comes from, but whatever. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, I'm going to brag about my wife making dinner J5 because she makes good dinner. And uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe wink, wink, Sherry, this will this will get back to the ladies of MLR group about how I, I, I did genuinely praise her dinner tonight. Perhaps, perhaps, maybe, I don't know. Okay, a uh, couple more things to get to before I get to the new beer releases and reveals for the week. Oh, shit, you know what? I have a couple more things to go for in this article. Actually, one more thing to go for in this article. Um, what's the best way to get a free drink? I used to get free drinks at a bar I went to all the time because we actually knew the bartender. And, uh, well, that bar went out of business. So, I kind of tells you something there. There have been times where I've had a great conversation with somebody, especially when it's slow. There could be five people in the bar, but those five people made my shift awesome and we all had a good time. I want them to know that I appreciate them coming in. Ooh, excuse me. Spending time with me, so I'll buy them a round of shots. I'd be happy to take a little money out of my pocket. So that's cool. And that's not even a free drink. It's free for them. It's not free for her. But that's good business. That's good business. And honestly, she can probably take that out of some of her tips for the night. Works out. Um, If you have a World of Beer location near you, go. Check it out. It's fantastic. Um... And I know, let's see, uh, d- 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 I know Sherry said in the chat, uh, Tap House is another place like World of Beer, also very good. So if you have if you have a place like that, check it out. Yeah, it can get expensive because obviously drinking beer out is always more expensive than drinking beer at home. But there's something to be said for the experience. There's something to be said for the variety. And especially if you're out with a group of people like I was in Orlando that that just makes it more fun. It it is it's not as much fun to drink alone. And maybe that's why I don't drink as much during the weeks anymore as well. I mean, I'm trying to behave, but drinking on Tuesday nights, I'm with all of you guys. And I mean, you listeners, all of you in the chat. So I feel like I'm not necessarily drinking alone. It doesn't make me less of an alcoholic, but it makes me feel a little bit better about myself. Weekends I have no excuse. I I only drink on Tuesdays, Saturdays and Sundays now. And ugh. Everything else is so fucking boring. Ugh. Okay. Um, this is from BeerPulse.com. Another one of my go-to sites. Miller 64 to become the first big beer brand to voluntarily add nutrition facts to labels. Now, I'm not going to be drinking Miller 64... Like I said, I, I think those low-calorie beers have even more in common with water than their full-calorie brethren. I mean, I, I drank... Well, okay. I, now, I'm not sure if... I, I'm, I'm assuming Miller 64 is a rebranded MGD 64. Um, and I, I've had it before. And thinking back to it, it was a very, very watery beer. Um, but it was before I knew better. And I was really, really watching the calories then. Not thinking that I could get a genuine beer for maybe a little bit more than twice the calories. And, you know, 150 calories for a decent beer, that's not bad. But anyway, I got to commend Miller for them doing the info on their cans and bottles. 
if someone's going to be drinking that stuff, they're clearly doing it because of the low calorie count. Uh, so uh, it, it makes sense. They're marketing to the right demographic when it comes to that. Um, let's see. Do I get killed off in this year in The Simpsons? I have no idea what Mitch is talking about because I haven't watched The Simpsons for a while. Uh, I know I'm not Maud Flanders. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay, anyway, let me get back to this. Um, so let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay, and you know what? Uh, Beer Pulse added something to this. We verified that others have, in fact, included nutrition facts on their labels, so the general first claim in this press release is false. Oh, okay, the headline has been updated to, uh, to reflect this. So first, big beer brand to add nutrition facts. For instance, if you look at Bud Light, they have calories and carbs on their label, I believe, not the full nutrition facts. Um, if you, if you look at the commenters uh, for this particular article, um, let's see. One of them said Sonoma Cider already does this. Dogfish Head did it with Tweezanale. I know for a fact that um, not domestically at least, but uh, Recorderlig Cider out of Sweden, they include full nutritional info on their bottle. Um, and it's that cider that I had at the Big Brew Beer Fest. I have a bottle still sitting in the fridge. I don't know why I haven't drank that yet. Uh, maybe this weekend. So they have that there. Um, and like I said, some other beers do list their calories in the bottle. I mean, any, um, I think I think a lot of the Bud brands do. I think Bud Light Platinum does. Um, I don't know about the Coors brands. I think the Miller brands do. But full nutritional info, that's a little bit different. Um, and... Um, Another commenter on this article, he actually made an interesting suggestion. For instance, when it comes to sour beers, I mean, there's a, there's a whole avenue we could take with this. If they did this, but listing the amount of probiotic they contain. Now, there, there are standards, but I, I think brewers could actually have some fun with this, promote the science behind their individual brews, especially when it comes to the sours. It kind of goes back to some of the beers specifically listing the hops they use. Brewers could really have some fun. Not, I mean, if they use the nutrition facts, they could use that as a basis, but then add other elements to it, provided the FDA allows that. I mean, I, I don't know how stringent they are with certain things with that. Um. Is uh is is Mitch trying to say? Remember when I was fat? Uh, that was funny. Why doesn't Mitch just get in the goddamn chat, Sherry? Oh, th- this this is like Dennis when he's like in studio for brain stew and just posting in the chat, pretty much. <sighs> it's okay. I I still I still like Mitch. Mitch Mitch is I, I have to admit Mitch is one of my favorite people, and so is Sherry. So, yeah, little, little little softy moment for me. Little tear. Okay. Last thing before I get in the new beer releases and reveals. This is a brewer I've mentioned in the past. It's a Czech brewer. And it's the Budojoviki Budvar. 
in, uh, let's see, uh, Budajavis, Czech Republic. The important thing to note about them is that they do a beer called Budvar, also known as Budvar, or, um, also known as Bud, well, okay, fuck it. I'm not going to try and be fancy. It's also known as Budweiser. So, the Czech brewery Budvar says a Portuguese trade court has ruled that it will have the exclusive rights to the Budweiser trademark in the country, canceling the rights owned by rival Anheuser-Busch in Bev. State-owned Budžaviki Budvar NP has been fighting with Anheuser-Busch for over a century over the use of the Budweiser name. The legal battle continued when Anheuser-Busch was taken over by Belgium's InBev in 2008 to create the world's largest brewer. In a statement Wednesday, Budvar says the Lisbon court banned Anheuser-Busch InBev from selling any beer under the name Budweiser. It also gave Budvar the sole rights to the Budweiser trademark in Portugal. So this is kind of another blow to Anheuser-Busch InBev in Europe. Italy's courts handed down the same verdict back in October. Back in 2010, Anheuser-Busch actually um, lost an appeal to register the name Budweiser as a European Union-wide trademark for beer. And at the time in Germany and Austria specifically, only Budvar was allowed to use the trademark name. So you look at that with four European countries down. Yeah, it's not a big proportion of Europe, but still, you have to wonder... Who will be the next domino to fall and will, you know, basically kick Anheuser-Busch InBev out of their country? Um, (laughs) Buttmonkey is posting people, uh, let's see, doing flaming shots and setting themselves on fire. See, these goddamn people, I mean, (sighs) okay. The problem is, the problem that these people don't seem to understand Flaming shots, you're supposed to blow them out before you actually drink them. For, for instance, a flaming Dr. Pepper, which was introduced to me by Dutch way back, let's see, what was that? That, that was maybe September, October of 2012, first time I met him, uh, before I actually uh, was really part of the station, introduced me to the wonder that is a flaming Dr. Pepper, which is... Uh, let's see, two parts Amaretto, one part Bacardi 151. You light the top of the shot where the 151 is sitting on top of the Amaretto. Um, and then you take a pint or you know whatever amount you want of your beer and you drop that flaming shot glass into it. The caramelization of the sugars from the Bacardi 151 and the Amaretto combined with the taste of the beer, and it can be a cheap beer, it can be a Bud Light, Actually, Bud Light probably works best. You guzzle that down, it tastes like a Dr. Pepper. I can I can attest to that. The, the important thing is that the flaming shot drops into the beer. The flaming shot goes out. You're not drinking the flaming shot. These idiots in this, these gifts that Butt Monkey are posting in the chat, they are drinking shots that are still on fire. Now... Often, when you drink a shot, you're no matter how careful you are, you're still getting alcohol, you know, around your lips and everything. 
if you're drinking a shot that is on fire and you're transferring that alcohol on fire to your lips, your lips are going to catch fire, you dumbass. But Monkey has has the right comment. Not sure how humans got this far. Believe me, I wonder every day how humans got as far as we have. And the you know you know why humans have gotten this far because of fucking governmental safety rules. Um, I, I think it was yeah. I, I, okay, here's the George Carlin trifecta. Um. The, the, the kid who swallows too many marbles doesn't grow up to have kids of his own. But now we have too many safety rules protecting against that. Protecting against stupidity. Legislate, basically legislating against stupidity. Not letting the, the, the stupider aspects of our society die out. We're protecting them all. And we end up with reality TV like Duck Dynasty and Honey Boo Boo. That's what it comes down to. Ugh. With that, let me get into your new beer releases and reveals for the week. You know, one of these days I should create like a uh, a uh, bumper for that uh, theme song, something like that. I don't know. I don't know if anybody has the uh, creativity for that. I, I think I exhausted my creativity with my uh, my uh, new promo. And, um, actually, if you want to check out, um, um, the Sully show on YouTube, I, uh, recently created a new, uh, intro for their dumbass of the week segment. Uh, check it out. If you actually, if you check out the friends of MLR Facebook group, uh, I know Sully posted one, uh, posted one of the, uh, dumbass of the week. Actually, I believe the most recent one there, you will see the intro that I did that, uh, probably pretty much, um, that that that's my creativity for the next month or two. So if anybody has an idea for uh, kind of a intro song, something I don't know for new beer releases and reveals, uh, you can email me at kevin at morelikeradio dot com. It would be greatly appreciated. So here we go. Innis and Gun smoking gun. I'm sorry, not smoking gun. It's smoking gun. I got to be proper with this. Post the image in the chat here. Innocent Gun, I, they have not done me wrong. I, I've had stuff from them that hasn't been my favorite, but overall, great stuff. It's a collaboration with David Ashton Hyde. He's the head bartender of the Heinz Head in Bray, which I assume is, I don't know, um, England? Scotland? I don't know. I'm, I'm not geographically aware. Um, inspired by his love of Canadian and American whiskeys and a weakness for pancakes and maple syrup, but who doesn't have a weakness for pancakes and maple syrup? David wanted to create a beer that would make a perfect after-dinner drink. Smokin' Gun is a rich, robust, and complex smoked beer. Has malt smoked over beechwood to give it a smoky hint, and it's aged in bourbon casks like many of Innocent Gun's beer. It's on sale now in the Innocent Gun store, and with any luck, we'll see it over here in the States. 11.2-ounce bottles, 7.2% ABV. Next one I got coming up for you. Um, this is going to be a perfect one for the summer when it releases. And it's a summer seasonal, so uh, that kind of works out. Post this in the chat here. This is from Coney Island Tunnel of Love Watermelon Wheat. Ah, if you haven't tried a watermelon wheat, particularly in the summer, you'd need to. If you like your shandies, 
I think watermelon might work for you too. Shandies are refreshing. Watermelon wheat is refreshing too. Um, it, 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 the best description I can give for you, it's the kind of beer that after you've mowed the lawn, you just want to sit back in a lawn chair and drink. It's that kind of refreshing. So it's going to be releasing this summer in 12-ounce bottles. The ABV isn't listed. I'd guess it's probably around 4.5, somewhere around there. It's not going to have as wide a distribution as another, uh, another popular watermelon wheat like uh, 21st Amendment's Hell or High Watermelon, which happens to be one of my top summer beers. So if you can get Coney Island in your area, keep an eye out for it. Um, if you can't get Coney Island, get 21st Amendment. You may be able to get that in your area. Um, uh, <laughs> God damn it. J5 Swords for Slaves? <laughs> Uh, you said it, not me. And that's the black guy. <laughs> not me. I didn't do it this week. Goose Island, they're kicking off their Imperial series with the Illinois Imperial IPA. Imperial IPAs are still a little bit uh, a little bit out of my uh, out of my realm of taste. <laughs> Jesus Christ. J5, best description. After a long day of cotton picking, this is for you. Okay, well, you know, I gotta say it right. After a long day of cotton picking, this is for you. Um. Okay, I went with the southern accent there, but I suppose I should go for the full-on mammy accent. Is that proper? After a long day of cotton picking, this is for you. So, I don't know. I, I offended southerners. I offended black people. I'm equal opportunity. Okay, anyway. Goose Island, uh, Illinois Imperial IPA. Posted that in the chat. It's full of very bold hops, as most Imperial IPAs are. Specifically, and I talked about some of these before, Chinook, Citra, Cascade, and Meridian. It's supposed to be releasing this week in 12-ounce bottles and on draft. It's 9% alcohol... See, that's why I say ABV now. 9% ABV and a whopping 95 IBUs. So this one might actually be a bit too much for my palate. Oh, Jesus! J5 says, I offended myself and retarded people. Ugh! I knew I was going to offend myself somehow. God damn it. Okay. Uh, Avery Brewing. Opuntia Barrel Aged Sour. You know how I guys... You know how I guys... You guys know how I like my uh, sour beers. God damn it. See, that's... This is what happens when I drink on the show, apparently. Um, J5 likes 9%, so. <laughs> um, it's number 18 in their barrel-aged series. It's unique in that it's aged in tequila barrels for nine months instead of you know your standard bourbon barrels. This is the first time Avery Brewing has ever done this. It's an American wild, wild ale, and J5's not going to like this. It's 6.65 ABV. It's got prickly pear added. This one's limited. He's not going to see it anyway, so fuck it. 263 cases produced. Sales started at Avery's Tap Room on Sunday. 12-ounce bottles were sold for $12 each. So if you get your hands on this one, lucky you. If somebody got their hands on this and wants to send it to me, um, you can um, direct message me on Twitter at MLR underscore, ugh, MLR underscore alcohol. Or email me at kevin at m- uh, morelikeradio.com. I will not turn down any kind of beer donations, provided they are sealed, because uh, 
I don't want to be roofied. And if you roofie me at a distance, um, I don't know your end game with that. But mm. Another one from Avery, and this is actually uh, another one in their Barrel Age series. This, uh, let's see. Do I have an image for this one? Uh, I did. I don't know what the fuck happened to it. Jesus Christ. There we go. Um, this is called Rufus Corvus. Number 19 in their Barrel Age series. Ooh, I better speed up too. Don't want to infringe on J5's time. It's another American wild ale. As they describe it, an artful and massively acidic blend of two major products and uh, further enhanced with several orphan barrels from the corners of our barrel aging cellar. Uh, all ale involved was barrel aged for a minimum of eight months and a maximum of 24. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles. It's an unknown ABV as uh, as yet. Arrivals still to be determined. This next one, this is... Um, ooh, Jesus. Why did I click that? Uh, this is up in Mitch's territory. This is from Shell's Brewing. I know Mitch uh, sent me beer from Shell's. This is Shell's 89.3, The Current... Or I should say it like a real radio DJ. DJ, eighty-nine point three. The current uh, shells is partnering up with Minnesota radio station eighty-nine point three. The current, um, or I guess I could do it more raspy. Eighty-nine point three. The current. Ah, I'm the bear. Yeah. Uh, for a co-labeled beer, it's a limited edition of Shell's seasonal Zummerfest Kolsch style ale, due for release this May. Ah, let's see what else I got here. This is from Red Hook Brewing. Red Hook Brewing, uh, they do the uh, ESB that J5 suggested to me and was delicious. So, good recommendation on his part. That was a while back, but I still remember it. Uh, This is the second beer brewed by Red Hook in collaboration with the Emerald City Supporters, the largest supporters group for their local Major League Soccer team, the Seattle Sounders FC. I don't know what that means. The first was No Equal Amber Lager, launched back in March 2012. Both are lower ABV beers, 5.2%, 25 IBU, so it's very low bitterness. It's going to be in 12-ounce bottles, and it's in uh, 6 and 12 packs until August, and it will be available on draft for the duration of the Sounder season. A couple more quickies here. Um, there are going to be new labels for some Dogfish Heads beer. First is going to be Apperhop coming up this spring. The artwork is by Jermaine Rogers, who worked with Radiohead, Neil Young, David Bowie, the Deftones, Eddie Vedder, among others. Uh, Festina Pesh is going to get the treatment in the summer. And that's a fucking awesome beer. Pumpkin Ale in the fall. Piercing Pills next winter. And then, of course, this is not totally beer-related, but the Taco Bell Waffle Taco is hitting nationwide. March 27th. Taco Bell is great drunk food. It can be great hangover food, too, so why not? So the waffle taco, along with the rest of Taco Bell's breakfast menu, nationwide, March 27th, available until 11 a.m. in the mornings, half hour later than McDonald's. You are welcome. So no live show next week. Uh, I'm going to be at a Red Wings Devils game at The Rock, so sorry. Mm. Um Add your stuff to the ABV beer tasting list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Uh, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. 
Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at M-L-R underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped Alcohol by Volume All One Word. Coming up next, Unsigned Hype with the absolutely amazing and unequaled J5. Followed by, well, it's a Dutch and Royce replay because Dutch has to work, a.k.a. he's probably hungover. I'll see you guys, well, not next week. I will see you guys the following week. Have a good one.